For the last 10 years, I've spent much time actually traveling through the state of Kansas, talking to perhaps many of you, whether it be a a parish mission or perhaps a confirmation retreat, maybe just a talk that I'm giving to a young adult group or a, a youth group. And if, in fact, you have heard me speak outside of just celebrating the Mass or a homily, perhaps I've been to your town to give a parish mission or a confirmation retreat, quite likely you have heard me ask the question, what's your passion? And shortly after or prior to asking that question, I would have told a story about myself in Denver, Colorado, driving down a busy street on a beautiful day with the windows down, listening to a sappy love song, at which point tears start rolling down my face because I may or may not have needed to pull a nose hair, decide amongst yourselves whether or not that would have been a true story, and then I hit a red light. And at the red light, next to me is a convertible filled with lovely young women looking over at me trying to figure out why a priest is crying his eyes out listening to Avril Lavigne's I'm With You. (laughs) The point I make after telling that story is that it's not all that unrealistic to believe that people would be moved to tears by listening to somebody passionately sing a song. For whenever we do something, anything, with great passion, it has the ability to move people, to move many others, even to tears. And so as the retreat or the parish mission would continue, I would encourage people to be passionate about things, to do things with great passion. And then as the time would move on, eventually I would move to Jesus, to the story of Jesus Christ and the things that he has done for us, the things that he still is doing for us. And I would ask them, what was Jesus' passion? If you think about his life, what was his passion? My brothers and sisters, his passion was this which we just read. In fact, this is called the passion of our Lord Jesus Christ. His passion was to come to earth to live amongst us only so that he could die on a cross, shedding his blood for us. His passion was you and me. His passion was showing us what it truly means to lay down one's life for a friend. That's what Jesus' passion was and still is. But I have a fear. And my fear is this, is that for 10 years, I focused perhaps a little bit too much upon that first part and not enough upon the second part. Asking the question, what's your passion? Are you living your life passionately, doing something? And with that passion, are you bringing people to Christ? But I haven't focused enough on the story of Jesus Christ, who died for you and me. And the reason I'm afraid of that is is because I think that maybe even in these days, some of us, I know this to be true, have had our passions 
ripped away from us. And we seem lost and broken and confused. I think of the athletes who haven't been able to participate in their sport this season. And they walk around lost, heartbroken, confused. Does their life still have meaning, perhaps they ask. I think of of students who are passionate about their school, but now they can't be at their school. Does their life still have meaning? I think of grandparents, even a friend of mine said it's so heartbreaking that my grandchildren live 40 miles away from me, but I can't even drive down there and hug them. Passions have been taken away from us, those things that we are passionate about. The members of our St. Isidore's community, the many things that we have had planned. Many days, Father Drew and I, we just look at each other, today we would have been doing this had school been in session. Our leaders who spent so much time planning it, and now it's ripped away. Does life still have meaning? Lost, confused, bewildered. Even Father Drew and I are trying to figure out what our lives look like as priests. We're passionate about being priests. We're passionate about serving our students, about being there for our students. And yes, we're doing all of this live stream stuff. We're able to read the comments. We appreciate the thank yous that you're giving us. But sometimes we're saying, where are our students? What are they doing? We're able to keep in contact with maybe 30 to 50 of them on a regular basis, but what about the hundreds of others that we would have reached on a weekly basis? We don't know, and sometimes we look at each other and we're like, what about our lives? It seems as though the things we're passionate about have been ripped away from us. I think a question that we need to ask is this. Where does our identity come from? A second fear I have is that many of us think our identity comes from doing that which we are passionate about. Our identity comes from being priests, or perhaps your identity comes from being an athlete or a student, or maybe even an artist or a musician. Perhaps it's from being a grandparent or a grandchild, or just a member of a family. And that's your primary identity, you believe. But it isn't so. I'm afraid that perhaps over these last 10 years, I've been putting forth that message that if you're an athlete, be passionate about being an athlete, and that's your identity, but that's not the case. My brothers and sisters, I think in these days when so many things have been taken away from us, it gives us an opportunity to reflect, to reconnect with our primary identity as sons and daughters of the living God. As Christians, as those who have been claimed by Christ, that's our primary identity. Who are you? Well, yes, I'm an athlete, I'm a student, I'm a grandfather or a grandmother, I'm a priest, but I'm a Christian first. I have been redeemed by his blood. The blood that was shed on the cross as he showed us the love he has for us. How do we enter into that these days? When we can't even make our way to the chapel, when we can't receive the sacraments, how do we enter into that? I'm going to give you two things. The first is the rosary. Bishop Vinke, 
encouraged all of us on Thursday at the Chrism Mass that was live streamed. He encouraged all of us faithfully to pray the rosary daily, especially during Holy Week, during these days in which we await Easter. What a beautiful prayer where we reflect upon the life of Jesus Christ through the eyes of Mary. I would encourage you perhaps even to pray the sorrowful mysteries just day after day after day as we lead up to next Friday. This beautiful prayer that is, yeah, long enough. It's long enough for us to recognize that we actually prayed that day. So many people, I don't know how to start there. And secondarily, I encourage you to just just grab a crucifix, to find a crucifix in your home. If you don't have one, get online and, and just look at an image of a crucifix and ponder his love for you. Even yesterday, I received a text message from a great friend of mine who's a a focused missionary in Texas, and it's just a picture of a crucifix, a journal, sitting there on her bed, and she said, Father, I remember when you told me, if I can't get to the chapel, grab a, a crucifix and ponder what Christ has done for each and every one of us. I never realized it would be so important to need to be able to do that as I now realize, she said. So to all of you, so important, let us reclaim our primary identity, sons and daughters of the Father who loves us beyond measure. And let us recognize ourselves to be those who have been claimed by the blood of the cross and our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus is enough. Jesus is enough. You don't need Father Drew. You don't need me. You need Jesus. Always and forever. It's Jesus.